Welcome back to Missouri Humanities Roots and Routes podcast. I'm Caitlin Yeager, and if you're joining us for the first time, the Roots and Routes podcast features scholars, authors, and enthusiasts alike to explore what has influenced the movement of people into, out of, and within our state, and take a glance at how both chosen and forced migrations and changes in transportation throughout our state's history have helped shape Missouri. This latest episode is a call to all of you who have dipped your toes or maybe taken a deep dive into the world of genealogy. Family historian and genealogist Kate Huffman helps us answer some questions about finding our roots. She has over a decade of experience in the field and holds a professional certificate in genealogical research from Boston University and serves as volunteer public relations director for the Missouri State Genealogical Association. She also serves as a delegate to the National Genealogical Society, works as a freelance researcher for Ancestry Pro Genealogist, and even works with publishing companies, ensuring the historical and genealogical accuracy of family history books before publication. We know that the topic of genealogy is very broad, can be very complicated, and has definitely received a lot of attention in recent years. We hope this conversation helps shed some light on the topic and maybe helps guide you in the right direction to discover some of your own family's roots and routes. Here we go. Welcome to the Roots and Routes podcast. This has been a really fun series so far, just really digging into what we're calling the Roots and Routes of Missourians. And we've had a lot of requests to dig into this topic of genealogy. Um, So Kate, can you define genealogy for us and how long has this specific term been used and and where does it come from? So genealogy, in a broad sense is family history, ancestry, cultural heritage, pedigree. Um, It's actually an ancient Greek term uh, that means pedigree. And it's really been used for quite a while. And then the concept of genealogy has been around, you know, even longer of humans wanting to know who their family is, where they're from. My background is in anthropology, so evolutionarily, uh, you know, people evolved to want to know their family. Uh, If you know your family, you're gonna help them out more than you would a total stranger, someone you don't know, right? Um, Now, genealogy is great. I love it, obviously. I'm a genealogist. Uh, Historically, though, it has been used uh, negatively as well. Things like, you know, proving social status or, you know, used to justify racism in some way. And I think now um, we're really trying to get away from that. Interesting. Yeah. And I think what's what's so pertinent, so um, good about kind of the timing of our conversation, obviously, is that it seems like, especially in maybe the last decade and probably more if you're a genealogist, there's been such an increase in, you know, I don't want to call it amateur genealogy, but like, you know, feeling like you don't have to now be a specialist or somebody to really dig into your family history. And then, of course, you know, people have been interested in the topic of genealogy for 
for generations, you know, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> um, but but why in in recent past has it become such a not so much of a scholarly topic or or study necessarily, but really kind of um, leached into the day to day into the everyman. Right. So genealogy is actually one of the most popular pastimes uh, in the United States now, uh, and that's really happened with the growth of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have the internet to thank for all of that and then all the problems it's created within genealogy <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but with, you know, almost everyone has access to the internet, right? And so anyone can look up pretty much anything they want to. And that's the same with genealogical records. There are so many websites, um, you know, the Library of Congress and the National Archives they give you free access to government records. Uh, so if you know what you're looking for, you know, you can find it. Mm-hmm. And, and you use an interesting phrase there, if you know what you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> so obviously that brings up a very timely um, kind of disadvantage of the internet is that you can really find anything on the internet to back up what you want to see. Yes, you can. Or even if it's not, you know, solely based on what you want to see, but, you know, just to lead you astray Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So talk about how that's handled or, or I guess if it's, if it's an kind of an amateur genealogy research kind of project, how does that, how do we combat that? You know, I guess it's disinformation or maybe not disinformation, but media literacy of, Mm -hmm. of doing genealogical research. Um, I'll take uh, FamilySearch as an example. Mm-hmm. So FamilySearch is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, free uh, genealogy website. And they have what they call a world tree. So any user can add, edit anybody else's information. It's like a Wikipedia It's for like a Wikipedia. <laughs> it does genealogy. not have to be sourced. Wow. Um, so using, you know, my tree as an example, someone went in and changed my grandfather's middle name and i messaged him i said hey you know this is my grandpa i know his middle name i have his documents he's still alive by the way Uh, so you know i know his middle name and they said well he's you know a distant cousin of you know my mom's uncle and she says this is his middle name Hmm. and so you know that's the proof i have yeah and, you know, you kind of just go back and forth. You take everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, as a professional genealogist, you have to find the documentation. And that, I think, is what... I don't want to say what separates a hobbyist from a professional because mm-hmm. there are amazing hobbyists out there who could very well go professional if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think from, I'll say, amateur hobbyists of just starting out, you know, they see those little leaves on Ancestry and, boop, this must be right Mm -hmm. instantly. So, So, great transition. Let's talk about the Ancestry craze. Um, I think, you know, arguably the advent of Ancestry has completely changed the game Mm -hmm. um you know it's probably i would assume one of the most widely used 
um, kind of hobbyist, if not, you know, maybe do professionals use Ancestry All much? the time. All, All the time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so shared by hobbyists and professionals alike. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how long it's been around. I feel like, you know, at my age, I feel like it's been around for a lot of my life, but maybe in a different form. But talk about the the advent of Ancestry and how that technology in particular, so not just something like Family Search, but something like Ancestry that's using actual documentation and at times DNA, actual mm-hmm. DNA, to link a family tree. Um, how has that changed the game? Immensely. Mm-hmm. So... Ancestry has been around, I'm not sure when they started, at least 10 years. When Ancestry first started, they had hardly anything. But it was still this amazing thing of, look at all the records they do have that you know I didn't have access to before because I can't hop on a plane and go to this repository in New York. You know, But now I can get it on the internet for $9.99 a month mm-hmm. or however much it is. So I think a lot of people really became interested and they, once they found out everything there was to see, you know, you just, it, it snowballs, mm-hmm. right? Genealogy becomes an obsession for a lot of people. Sure. And now, you know, they're adding millions of records all the time. Mm-hmm. And as they've gotten, you know, more technologically advanced, they've added those little leaves which we talked about and their algorithm will pull similar names in similar places at similar times. Mm. So a lot of people will see that and say this must be the right person without even looking at the document. Mm-hmm. Um So that does cause a lot of problems and makes things a little harder for genealogists to kind of suss out what's right. Uh, But Ancestry was one of the first to come up with the DNA for ancestral purposes. Mm -hmm. And it's the first one I took and it's amazing. You know, and it's funny because when I got my results back, it matched, you know, what I thought. And then I had my whole family take it for me. (laughs) And, you know, little things here and there would pop out. Um, My sister is a brunette with, you know, gray eyes. I'm a redhead with green eyes. I got maybe 10% Irish DNA while (laughs) she has over like 30% in in hers. And so it's just, it kind of, you know, gets that little spark going of, okay, if she has this much Irish ancestry or ancestry, where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, if I have, you know, 17%, I think, Finnish DNA, I'm like, where is that coming from? Because I haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a professional genealogist who's been doing this for 10 years, I've still yet to find, you know, where, where that, link, comes, is. Where that yeah, link is. That's so interesting. Um, and then you have to take into consideration, maybe it's not someone from Finland. Maybe it's going back further into a huge migration movement. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to pull that DNA out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with shows like Finding Your Roots, yes. and Who Do You Think You Are, mm-hmm. and them doing celebrities. And at the end, you know, of Finding Your Roots especially, they say, okay, you're also related to this other celebrity. And then people are going, oh, 
am I related to these celebrities mm-hmm. too, you know? <laughs> well, and I think, you know, the, the DNA arm of ancestry is incredibly fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. it is something that whether or not you are interested in your family tree, your lineage, I think everybody is just a little bit fascinated by what their actual DNA mm-hmm. tells them yeah. because it's, you know, it really does show, you know, that age old question of where do I come from? Mm-hmm. And, and I think for you, especially you mentioned, you know, that Finnish DNA that you're, you're like, where do they come yeah. from? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think all of my siblings have done it, but I think two of the four of us have, both of my parents have. So that's even more interesting is taking your parents and then mm-hmm. seeing what you ended up with that, you know, is different from your parents. Exactly. And, um, you know, finding, building your family tree and doing that kind of archival document research to find that, you know, literal line to people and building your family tree is, I think, one piece of this. Mm-hmm. But people actually seeing the, not just the countries that they're from, but the parts of that country or, you know, especially seeing how borders shifted and how that might have affected mm-hmm. Um, where that DNA might be from and how much that complicates things. How, how does that change this kind of sense of identity that, you know, a simple family tree doesn't necessarily give you? I think it depends. So for certain people, you know, they grow up with this identity of, oh, I'm very much Irish or I'm very much German. And then they take a DNA test and, you know, it comes back with, oh, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. Well, that's my whole identity, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that can, you know, throw some people off. Uh, In my case, you know, my mother's maiden name is Renner. Her mother's maiden name was Reinwald. We were very German. We knew that. (laughs) Um, Now my father, um, his family were Jaster. And so we weren't actually sure where that name came from mm-hmm. because we had never met anyone else with that surname. And in doing DNA research, I found most likely it's Polish when we actually thought hmm, it's German mm. because my grandpa always would tell a story that his family came to the United States from Germany because they were running from the German mafia. You know. <laughs> Either way, it's a good story. It's, it's a good story. Um, I don't think it's true at all. I've never, <laughs> never found anything to prove that, um, or disprove it though. So sure, you know, sure. still out credit there. where credits due. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it does shock some people, and that's mm-hmm. not even to mention, oh, you know, finding out that you know your father might not be your father. And, right. you know, that's and, I, a whole and I was other... actually, I was going to ask this later, but I think it goes with this conversation is, you know, even thinking about your line of work, not just, you know, a hobbyist that's doing research and finds out a link to a family tree that they thought was there actually isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how would you handle, how do you handle, you know, if this has happened, finding out something that someone might not like, um, you know, it's, I think it's that kind of drama of genealogy, but, yeah. um, because you're looking at mostly cold hard facts, mm-hmm. you know, documentation. Right. Um, how does that get handled? Well, I actually have in my contract before I start any research, um, 
I don't know how I worded it, but it's something along the lines of don't shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do the research, I give you the proof. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I'm sorry if it's not what you want to hear. Um, but I think I've never had a situation where someone was angry at me, sure. per se. Um, you know, I've had situations where they found out, you know, their family ran a plantation mm-hmm. that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, you, you have to come in being ready to accept the knowledge you're going to find out and how to deal with maybe something you don't like. Sure. Um, especially on the topic of slavery or things like that with, you know, the reckoning that's happening in the United States especially. Um, a lot of people still don't really know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as more and more people are into genealogy and finding these things out or these things their family did, they are starting to get that idea of having it sink in mm-hmm. of this was the reality mm-hmm. of a lot of families in the United States. Sure. Um, I've had people shocked, uh, but not angry or, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't do this right. You know, sure. this can't be true. Uh, so I think most people who hire a professional genealogist are at that point yeah. where they're ready to just, they just want to know. They just want to know the truth. Yeah, yeah sure. So let's segue a little bit into kind of your, your business. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your work and your journey to starting Historic Kate Genealogy. And I think kind of with that, you know, which came first, the craze or the business? Did you start your business and this kind of recent genealogy craze has really just helped the business? Mm-hmm. Or did you start this as kind of to fulfill a need that you saw? Yeah, the craze definitely came first. Mm-hmm. I was part of the craze. <laughs> <laughs> You're a product of the craze. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, so I didn't start I mean, I didn't care about family history, maybe until high school. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, a high school project of make your family treat two or three generations back and tell an interesting story about one person. And so that's really when, you know, I sat down with my grandparents and started hearing all these, you know, stories of their parents and, you know, they didn't know you know, who their great-grandparents were Mm -hmm. Um, because it just wasn't talked about. You know, they were of the generation where we're here now, what's in the past is in the past. Sure. Uh, You know, they're the product of a generation from the Great Depression of where it was just terrible for so long and then World War II and it was terrible for so long and people just wanted to move on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I didn't know a lot. And when Ancestry came out, I was on it. I was like, I'm just gonna see, you know, what I can see. And, you know, I found out so much and I was so interested in it, but it was still just a hobby. Because I mentioned before, my background's in anthropology. So that's what my degree's in, is anthropology and archeology. span And then I originally wanted to work in a museum but I didn't want to get my doctorate because that was too much school. (laughs) 
I can relate really well with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, what else am I interested in? And I was like, okay, genealogy. And so I just started taking, you know, online courses and webinars. And then I took um, the Boston University genealogy course. And they had a whole unit on becoming a professional genealogist. And that's when I really realized, oh, I can do this for a living. You know, and so I poked around with the idea for a couple years and I opened it, my business, Historic Hate Genealogy, um, the very beginning of this year. Mm. So it's been a long road, I would say, of, you know, going from that completely amateur hobbyist to a more serious hobbyist, but that's not really what I want to spend all my time on to becoming completely obsessed with it. This is the only <laughs> thing I want to do. <laughs> sure. You're truly one so, of those people that your hobby is your, is your passion is your job and mm -hmm. your job is your passion, right. you know, or, or is it not? I mean, has it affected your love of it that kind of that, you know, you have to do it now because it's your job or some of it. Yeah. Um, I don't get, I don't have as much time to work on my own family. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I am learning so much stuff about, you know, other geographic areas where my family's not from, um, you know, other cultures that are not part of my family. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, the more I do that, the more interested I become in it. Mm -hmm. So it's all around, I wouldn't trade it. Mm -hmm. So what are the kinds of services that you offer? Uh, I do just pure genealogical research. Uh, so if you just want, if you just want to know the names, I can do that. I like usually, just building someone's family just build tree someone's basically. Tree, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of family history. So people can come and say, this was my, you know, great, great, great grandpa. I just want to know about his life, hmm. right? So I'll include, you know, all the documentation and build a story. This is what was going on at the time uh, in the world. This is what was going on where he lived. He could have been a part of this. Um, I also do document transcription. Uh, some of those documents are real hard to read. <laughs> uh, so I will transcribe those for you, give you an abstract, um, you know, break mm -hmm. it down in plain English because a lot of legal records Jargon today and, and from the past <laughs> are just horrendous. <laughs> um, I'll do photo analysis. So if you have a picture of a family member you don't know much about, um, you can say, okay, based on their clothing, they're probably from, you know, it's probably taken in this time period. Interesting. Um, if there's a background. So I've done that with a lot of my own family photos. Mm -hmm. um, and there's still one that's just killing me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So it's just this, um, you know, cabinet card of an old man. He's got a long white beard. He's in a three-piece suit and he has a cross pin on his lapel. The background is completely black. Oh. So there's no other context. Detail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
And written on the back said, my third great-grandfather, 1933. And it was in my paternal grandmother's photos. So I asked her and she said, yeah, I don't know who it is. I don't know who wrote that caption. I don't know if it's my family or if it was your grandfather's family. And my grandpa died in 2001. Uh, so, you know, he can't help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I started doing research and I was like, okay, if it's a cabinet card, it's probably not from 1933. Mm. Um, and just all this investigation of all these clues. Um, and I have no candidates of who this man could be. Wow. Yeah. And so I started thinking, is he even a family member? Sure. You know, maybe, Did a random photo end up in a yeah. box in yeah. the house or a photo album? Is it yeah. from, you know, one of my grandma's nieces who mm -hmm. happened to leave it there and it got stuck, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's, it's a mystery. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So something I want to kind of touch on, um, we've talked a little bit about you know, especially like in your line of work in building your business, kind of, you know, utilization of ancestry as this new-ish technology, how obviously having the internet now, I think it's 2023 and, and they're still making developments, like taking things further. And I think the a big thing on people's minds right now is AI. Is there any place for AI in genealogy? Have you thought about this at all? Or, you know, it's just, it's something that's, it's been so in the news and mm -hmm. seemingly in, in every corner of the internet for every you know industry out there. Right. What do you think? I think there could it could be. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually have a picture of my great great grandmother, and the two of us could be twins. Wow. And so I did. I did play around with AI with it. I put in a picture of her. So the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. And I put in a picture of me and I put it into like this AI like art generator thinking, okay, this is going to be me. This is going to be her and I'll be able to tell the difference. And you can't tell the difference. Oh my <laughs> you gosh. Know? So it's amazing. And I think photos especially probably, mm -hmm. um, you know, putting yourself in a historic context. Um, you don't have to dress up as like the old timey Western you know, photos anymore. Mm -hmm. You can just throw it into it <laughs> and pick a random pick a time ran yeah. period. <laughs> but that's so fascinating. You, I mean, I wouldn't even have thought to do something like that. You know, I think so. How many of us have been told that we look like some relative from generations back? And I've mm -hmm. always just taken it as such a cool marker of how genetics work. I mean, we, I have a family member who looks like a second cousin, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, how removed they are like from the bloodline necessarily but that genetics is a real thing and you can be second cousins and look like sisters oh, you absolutely. know and so using ai to actually put you in that time period and and compare is that's hilarious and fascinating I know, right? and, yeah <laughs> um but but ramifications you know what are some ramifications of something like that yeah um a lot of things can go wrong mm -hmm. um you know, I think just like those ancestry leaves, you know, you start putting, you know, AI photos out there and people are going to take them as real sure. um, of, hey, that's not really that person. You know, that's not really what they looked like. Because mm -hmm. um, even regular photos, that still happens. Um, you know, we all have 
family shop clothes. was bad enough. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think it's just another form of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't thought about using it in other applications, other genealogical applications, but I'm sure someone will think of something. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I think on that end, I'm thinking of something, which is, <laughs> you know, is there any fear? Um, or even a, a slight possibility that AI could be used to alter documents, historic documents that, and make people unable to, you know, differentiate between what's real and what's not. And I don't mean to like yeah, bring up like a really scary possibility, <laughs> but you know, AI is so no, unknown. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's probably a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's why we still have to use those traditional methods mm-hmm. of, you know, books. Sure. Books are wonderful. <laughs> a reminder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not everything is on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, one of the biggest problems in genealogy is people don't realize the vast majority of documents have not been digitized mm. and are not you know, available, whether free or behind a paywall. They just have not been digitized, and a lot of them won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a client who had uh, Irish ancestry, and I said, you know, I cannot get these documents that you need. They are so old mm. that um, the, I think it was the, Northern Irish Office of Records said they're not going to digitize them oh, wow. because the less they handle them, yeah. you know, the longer they'll last. Uh, I said, so hey, if you want a trip to Ireland, sure. <laughs> you know, that's your next, uh, your next step because mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to find it online. Wow. And um, I think that happens a lot more frequently than people realize. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's actually another service I offer is if people need uh, a document retrieval, if they need a copy of a document, you know, I'll go to the repository in the area and make mm-hmm. a copy and scan the copy, mail it to them, things like that. You know, reflecting on your, all the services you offer, and you've talked about a lot of really fascinating pieces, but what is, what is your favorite, you know, thing about your job? And I think it's kind of interesting to compare, you know, what do you enjoy most? What's your favorite kind of project to work on? But also, what, what's the most difficult? My favorite part is actually the historical context mm-hmm. of, um, I come from a long line of unimportant people, you could say. <laughs> no one famous. No one remarkable. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so just your average, everyday Joe off the street. But that doesn't mean that their lives were not any less important because they didn't, you know, do anything we would consider, you know, historically important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to know their stories, right? And I like to research what their day-to-day life would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like that left diaries. A lot of those diaries are still with families. Uh, some of them are at, you know, the State Historical Society in their manuscript collection. So I just love, like, figuring out what would it have been like 
you know, for these people. And that kind of goes along with the most difficult part of my job is sort of knowing what they also had to go through. Sure. Um, you know, not to say that everything's perfect and it's a perfect world right now, um, but you know, they had a lot going on. <laughs> um, and you have to look at, you know, this was the time they were living in, but you're looking at it through a modern lens sure. of going, okay, well, my you know fifth great grandfather had enslaved people. In his will, it states that he leaves um, this nine-year-old, uh, they use the word mulatto girl, to his wife. And you, reading that, you're thinking he's giving someone to someone else. Sure. You know, and it's, it's hard to handle sometimes mm -hmm. uh, because that was not even the worst thing I've seen, you know, in records. And, you know, having to constantly read stuff like that, just how terrible people treated each other. Not to say we don't treat each other terrible now, but it was such commonplace that people didn't think twice about it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, it's more, I guess on an emotional level, I would say is the most difficult thing. Sure. I mean, it's always frustrating when you can't find something you're looking for, but, <laughs> sure. but you know. <laughs> no, but that's a great point. And I think it kind of um, leads into kind of this next topic, which is understanding our roots mm -hmm. and what that means, what it means to know not just who we are, but who has come before us and, you know, where we come from. Right. What's really interesting is, you know, in the beginning of our conversation, when you mentioned kind of the, the roots of the term genealogy and the use of genealogy, a lot of times was about pedigree mm -hmm. that, you know, that really is the definition is, is pedigree. And it wasn't so much somebody wanting to know where they came from, but more to support a claim or support a bloodline, mm -hmm. a race. So I think, you know, fast forwarding from, you know, I, I would like to think that we don't necessarily use genealogy to enforce pedigree anymore. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I think that, you know, there is a, a, some innate need for humankind to know who we are and where we came from mm -hmm. to like a sometimes an obsessive degree. Why do you think that is? I think about this a lot and I think a lot of it has to do, uh, especially in, you know, the West, um, we're such like that melting pot of different mm -hmm. cultures. Um, and using myself as an example, you know, I grew up and you know, we didn't, I don't want to say we didn't have a culture, <laughs> but you know, we didn't have like one specific, you know, oh yeah, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day because we're a little bit Irish and 
okay, we can celebrate Oktoberfest because we're German. And, you know, I think there's just so much assimilation mm. in our culture today that we kind of, we're just curious. Like, we just want to know because on some level we feel like we lost that somewhere. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, with the introduction of all this technology at such an alarming rate, you know, that we lost some of that connectedness with other people. And, you know, humans are inherently social. And so I think when we are trying to find out our heritage, it's so we can feel connected to something. What advice do you have for people who are, you know, late to the party apparently, but you know, <laughs> just starting their genealogy journey, whether it is a simple, like, you know, just want to know where they come from, where their family comes from, whether they have a really personal pressing need and aren't sure what their first steps should be or where they should start, you know, what would you suggest? Talk to your family as far back as you can because the older generations will not be around forever and you lose what they know. You know, I wish I could have talked to my great grandparents. Mm -hmm. They were still alive. You know, some of them didn't die until I was, you know, 12, 13, but I didn't care when I was a kid. Um, but you will regret it when you're older, you know, if you lose all those stories. Mm -hmm. So talk to them, write them down or record them. Oral history has had such a resurgence, um, which is wonderful because there are sometimes I would just love to have a conversation, you know, with one of my ancestors and I just sit there and think, oh, I wonder what they even sounded like. You know, and, you know, with oral history, you'll have that. Mm -hmm. uh, so just ask them what they know. And more often than not, they're so happy to tell you mm -hmm. because no one ever asks them, <laughs> you know, so they're just so happy and they will talk to you forever. Mm -hmm. And in the off chance, you get someone like my grandpa who would be like, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. That's when I say you start with what you know. Build that family tree on ancestry and use the hints as hints. <laughs> not need a, facts. Need a warning. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and kind of on the flip side of that, um, not everybody is lucky to have family mm -hmm. that might be able to give them the information. Um, you know, thinking about someone who's adopted yeah. or, you know, somebody who's disconnected from their family. Um, what's just a good place to start if you're really starting from scratch? If you're starting just completely from scratch, start with yourself. Mm -hmm. If, say, you're an adoptee and you know who your biological parents are, just start Googling their names. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know who they are, start with that DNA test mm -hmm. because more often than not, again, someone you are related to will have taken that DNA test. And 
you will find a whole new family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they don't know about you. <laughs> True, but getting back but to yeah. the drama. <laughs> well, Kate, um, thank you so much. Is, is there anything else you'd like to, to add to this conversation before we wrap up? No, I just uh, thank you for having me on. I obviously love talking about genealogy. It's my job. I feel like we could continue going and going, but yeah. uh, I'll spare our <laughs> listeners the nerding out. But <laughs> um, Well, thank you so much for, for sitting down and talking with us. Um, I think people will be really fascinated by this conversation. Like we said, you know, it's hard to, to reach out your arm and not touch somebody who hasn't dabbled in genealogy right. in some way. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you so much and, and good luck with your work. Thank you. Thank you so much to family historian and genealogist Kate Huffman and to all of you for tuning in. If you're interested in utilizing Kate's services, visit historickategenealogy.com. This podcast is brought to you by Missouri Humanities. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and stay engaged by following us on social media at MoHumanities. For more about our 2023 Signature Series, visit mohumanities.org slash movement. I'm Caitlin Yeager. Join us next time as we explore more about the roots and routes of Missourians.